never see an animal skin. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do to you now. Tear the skin from your body. Thanks, Jack. Welcome back to Little Hops of Horse Podcast. I'm John, your host as always. Uh, a little late uh, on the recording this week. It'll be out on time, thank goodness. But uh, we did battle a little uh, little virus or something over the weekend when I tried to record this, and I was so spaced out on fucking cough medicine and everything, I could just I couldn't hone it in uh, and give you guys a good episode. Uh, although I did try some beer mosas. Uh, if you guys haven't done those, they're fucking fantastic. Uh, quite literally, like champagne taste on a beer budget. Uh, I mean, it's, it tastes just like a mimosa, you know what I mean? Uh, but way cheaper and, uh, yeah, pretty solid. But anyway, uh, we're doing get out today, right? Uh, from 2017, uh, sitting at 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, this, this movie, um, I think blew a lot of people's minds considering the director, uh, who's, you know, known for his comedy, more than anything. Uh, so he definitely came out of left field with, with what he brought to the table here. Uh, and that's Jordan Peele, obviously who's gone on to do some really cool stuff since then, um, with, uh, us and Nope. And, uh, you know, we're always looking forward to what he's, uh, what he's got coming out down the line. Um, our rating for this movie, nine and a half out of 10, uh, really loved it. Um, definitely, uh, borders like a, like a thriller kind of vibe also, you know, there, there's definitely plenty of horror elements here. Um, very creepy scenes, creepy score, you know, all that stuff going on, uh, you know, gore and everything. But um, there's there's a lot of thriller here too. Uh, comedy, it, it's just a well put together movie. So it's kind of hard to just peg it as a horror movie by itself. I don't think that's fair. I, I do think it's just a great movie overall. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, so beers we're drinking today. You guys ever see at a beer distributor, right? They have like discount racks, like uh, they'll, they'll have, uh, well, you know, Oktoberfest beer or something. You'll probably see it now if you haven't seen it already. Or uh, Christmas beers, you know, pumpkin beers going on sale and all this stuff. Um, you know, is it worth getting, you know, all these months later? Like, oh, why would you want an Oktoberfest in February? Because it's still fucking delicious. That's why. Uh, I mean, why would you want to drink it in July when it gets dropped anyway? You know what I mean? You got to be able to, you know, <laughs> you got you to be able to be okay with both. Um Anyway, we're drinking Penguin City uh, Oktoberfest. Thank you, Drew, um, another fan of the podcast who made this donation. Actually, it was a trade. Uh, we we did hams because he heard uh, heard us rave about hams so much on the podcast that he figured, you know, let's do a little tradesies. So that's what we did. Um, so anyway, Penguin City, they're at a Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, pretty cool brewery, actually. We haven't been there, obviously, but I've had their beer um, you know, multiple times. Uh, anytime I go to Vintage Estates over there. Uh, in Boardman and they're a great like um, value uh, craft beer kind of thing. Like they have a really solid product. Uh, it's very affordable. Um, yeah. I mean, their stuff's good. So we're doing their, uh, their Oktoberfest today. It's sitting at 3.56 on untapped and it's a five and a half percent. So nice and easy, um, you know, laid back beer. Let's get that going while we're doing this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The sound you came for. All right. You guys can leave now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please don't. Um, 
Next, we're doing Trogue's Mad Elf. Yeah, I finally, uh, finally tracked some down. Uh, it was on a discount shelf, um, just sitting at a beer distributor. And I said, you know, it was like 50% off or something like that. I said, give me that. This stuff ages really well. Not all beer ages well, but these Belgian strong ales in particular, because uh, they're higher gravity, they're like, they can handle it. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes the flavors will change. You'll see people do verticals, right? So they'll buy like, um, you know, the same beer, but like, three or four different years and then they'll try you know next to each other and just see what the what the flavor does um you know how much it changes and everything like that but uh this this beer mad elf was so hard to get once upon a time this was like something beer nerds chased chased down and, and you know now it just sits on shelves in pennsylvania and ohio and you know for months and um i mean it's great uh it's definitely a solid beer definitely worth trying this this was one of the beers that when I first had it, I think it was like 2011 or 2012, somewhere back then, um, you know, 11% beers were not common on the shelf, you know, and that's what this is. Uh, sitting at 11%, uh, it's Belgian strong ale. It's got honeys and cherries and all kinds of crazy stuff in there. Um, really cool beer, better when it's cold, obviously like cold weather. Um, and it's sitting at 3.83 on untapped. So those are the two beers we're trying today. Um, obviously, try to get your IPAs as fresh as possible. Always check the canning date on the bottom. That's not a sell-by date like you get with milk. That is a canning date. That's when it was canned. <laughs> I had to correct somebody um, in, in a beer store uh, like a couple months ago. He's like, hey, man, do you, do you find all, like, all the beer here is expired? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, the can, you know, the, the date on the bottom of the can. It's always, you know, like last month or something like that. He's like, I can't believe they leave that out here. I said, buddy, that's when they can it. That's when it's produced. And he said, oh, <laughs> he had no idea. Uh, and in case you didn't, now you do. Um, so, yeah, like I said, IPA's fresh, sours fresh, like some of these higher end, like crazy sours with the, the lactose and all this other stuff. That stuff's better off being drank fresh. Any stout with coffee, uh, you're going to want to drink that relatively fresh within a couple months because uh, that coffee tends to get bitter and, and really gross um, and it kind of ruins the rest of your stout. But uh, these Belgian strong ales and Oktoberfest, Crispy Boys and all this stuff, man, you're good for months. So if you see one and you like Oktoberfest, you know, don't let anybody shame you. You can drink that year fucking round if you wanted to. So uh, that's what we're going to do. So let's take a sip of this beer and uh, talk a little bit about this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's just a beer flavored beer. Um it's nice. I mean, honestly, if, if you just poured it out as a lager, I don't think half the people would know the difference that like, wait a minute, this is Oktoberfest and it is February. God damn it. Um, speaking of February, it is black history month. And it's part of the reason why we're doing this movie in particular. Uh, we're celebrating the accomplishments of Jordan Peele. And, uh, later in the month we're doing, um, his house. Um, so unfortunately we didn't get the, uh, the guest that we wanted to today. Uh, but he has agreed to come on the podcast. Uh, I'm just going to figure out logistics here. Uh, very excited to get him on here and I'm going to keep it a secret as to who it is. Uh, we will drop that hopefully next week or the week after. Uh, like I said, we're still hammering out details of, of when we can link our schedules up and get this thing going. Um, but it is very cool. I'm very, very excited to get this guy on here. Um, a little bit about what we liked about this movie. Um, you know, Jordan Peele, uh, again, can't, can't say enough good things about what he's done since he's made his name. Uh, in the horror scene, um, Get Out is great. I thought it was uh, pretty original. Um, it's unsettling throughout most of the movie. You're, you're not really quite sure. You know, there's, there's something off and you can't figure it out, right? Like you kind of, you start seeing and, and you start kind of connecting the dots. And, you know, it's that classic horror vibe of like, 
you see it, right? You start seeing what's going on here, but uh, our protagonist, Chris, does not, uh, and it, and everything's just kind of happening, and by the time he realizes what's going on, uh, too little, too late, you know, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to ruin it, but um, yeah, I mean, the payoff is fantastic. Uh, at the end, uh, you, you get everything you, you wanted, uh, you feel... Uh, at least I did fulfilled after watching this movie. Um, I, lo- I there's nothing else I could have wanted out of it. Honestly, I think it delivered every single thing I wanted. Um, the acting's fantastic. The, the the music they use throughout of it, like especially, I mean, Childish Gambino right off the bat. Like, come on, man, that's fucking great. Um, Lil Rel Howery, he's fucking fantastic. I uh, probably destroyed uh, the pronunciation of his name, and I apologize for that. Uh, but I really tried my best. <laughs> uh, but I mean, he's he's fantastic. He's got such a small part in the movie, but he's arguably arguably the best part of the movie, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but he's very funny. Uh, there, there's a lot of great laughs, and it's balanced. It's not forced. It's very casual. It's very organic. You know, um, they did a great job. I think the only thing I didn't really like about it was the uh, the brother, the brother's character. He's kind of a dickhead, uh, and I know that that's what he was supposed to be and everything. But you know, I grew up around dudes like that, and you know, I don't really associate with people like that or like him anymore. He just, I don't know, I, I don't like people like that. Um, not to say I liked anybody else in the family, but you know, it, the brother's character for some reason just gets under my skin, and I, that scene at the dinner table was just really awkward and just I hated it. Um, him. Uh, and, I, and I think the other thing that I, I, I would have liked a little more is maybe some gore, some, some more gore because there's, uh, one kill in particular towards the end, um, that I would have liked to see more of, you know, it kind of happens not off screen, but kind of off screen. Um, you definitely know that the guy's dead, um, but you don't see it. Uh, and that's a character that I wish I could have seen die. Um. Anyway, so um, again, thank you guys for tuning in again. Um, I know we're about 10 minutes in, so you know what that means. We're getting ready to get to the uh, spoiler part of the podcast. Um, but again, just, you know, the 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 beer donations we're getting and, and the trades and, you know, you guys are spreading the word and, and this, this is super cool. Thank you again. We're in more countries again. Um, we're in like Turkey now. Uh, that's insane to me. Um, you know, we're getting fan art. Thank you again, Justin, for that. Um, very, very cool. Uh, we are going to look into video. I know I said that months ago, but we're going to, I've been batting around the idea of doing some video here and maybe getting a, you know, a backdrop together so we can, uh, you know, get this thing going in a different direction. Um, and just add a little video quality so you guys can see what I'm drinking and you can actually see that I am drinking. I'm not just bullshitting. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about this movie a little bit, right? So, we're going to spoilers. We're going to talk about some scenes. So if you haven't seen it, stop it about the 11 minute mark and come back, you know, after you've watched it and everything. Um, this, this movie, we're not, we're not going to get, you know, on a soapbox here and, and preach about, you know, racial inequality and, and all that stuff, because this is just not what this podcast is for, right? This is an escape from things like that. Uh, you know, you get enough of that in your CNNs of the world and, and your, your, your Fox Newses and your NPRs and whatever other stuff, you know, you listen to. Um, we're not here to, uh, you know, talk about that stuff. However, uh, Jordan Peele does a really good job at, you know, subtly kind of showing that the, the differences, uh, in the day of, 
the day in the life of a black man versus, you know, someone like me. I mean, I just fucking dorky white kid that grew up in the suburbs um, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right? So life has been different for me than it has been for him. And there, there are very subtle differences um, or not subtle uh, examples, sorry, um, and not so subtle examples that, that are in this movie uh, for a reason. And, um, you know, you have the early, the, you know, the, the opening of the movie where there's a man walking around, uh, you know, the suburban neighborhood. He says he doesn't really feel comfortable here. This is where bad shit happens. And then sure as shit, he gets kidnapped and, you know, he's reintroduced later in the movie uh, and you find out who he is. But, um, you know, just, just little things like that. Um, there's a scene early on, um, after they, they introduce the, you know, the couple and, uh, you know, who's Chris and Rose, um, and oh, what the hell is the actor that plays Chris? He's fantastic in this. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, I think. I'm going to fuck up. I probably fucked up his name too. Um, but he's been in a couple of things. He was in uh, an episode of Black Mirror that was great. He was obviously in Nope. Um, and he was in this. Those are the things that come off the uh, off the top of my head. And what's crazy is I, I think the dad in this, uh, Rose's dad, I think that he was the guy, um, like he, uh, was it Billy Madison? The one that nobody fucking likes. I'm 90% sure that he was, oh, come on. Why did, why does it never work when I want it to work? Yep. Yep. He was, uh, the guy with a really bad haircut. Um, oh, come on. It's killing me. And of course my internet's not working, so I can't even search it right now. Fuck. You know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> Carl, good to see you. Like whatever. Ah, oh, God damn it. It's going to bug me. Uh, you guys already know what I'm talking about, so I don't even know why I'm wasting my time on this. It's just going to bug me personally uh, this beer's great by the way I fucking love it um anyway so what the fuck are we even talking about and then i got sidetracked with the goddamn actor that i can't find and it's still bugging me so you guys are gonna have to bear with me eric that was his name that's not what i thought it was i was thinking like dean that's not it either anyway uh yeah so <laughs> dad veronica vaughn that movie's so fucking crazy um back Back to the, you know, task at hand here. Get out to the movie we're actually here to talk about. Um, yeah, so like just the early on, you know, uh, concerns from Chris. Um, we were talking about like just the the viewing this movie through the eyes of, you know, a white guy. Uh, there's certain things. It's, it's, it's unnerving enough meeting like, uh, you know, your girlfriend's parents for the first time or, you know, whatever or family or whoever you're meeting, um, let alone being a different race. Um, and he brings that to light, you know, eh, do they know? And, you know, no, it's not going to be a big deal. Like my dad voted for Obama. Like, and, and that's, that's a thing that, that Jordan Peele just kind of shine, shine the light on that. There's like name drops and everything like that to, to make it less in a way. It makes it more cringy. I think like, Oh man, I, you, I met like a black guy one time. So like, I'm definitely not racist. Like, that's kind of what it fucking feels like when they're talking about in this movie. And, uh, but there's, there's an incident again, early on, you know, when they're on their way up to meet the parents, uh, and they get pulled over after they hit a deer and, or they don't, they don't get pulled over, but a cop shows up and everything. And he asked for his license and, you know, Chris's license and he hands it over, you know, pretty nonchalantly. And Rose is like, well, what the fuck? Why, why he wasn't even driving. And, you know, like Chris is so used to this being his life. Uh, and it's just something that, I mean, nobody likes getting pulled over by the cops, but you know, it's not something that like I have to, 
fear as much, you know, anyway. So like I said, we're not talking soapbox and, you know, and preaching about this or that or whatever. Um, you know, people are going to think what they're, what, you know, what they're going to think. And in my opinion, is not going to sway you one way or the other. Um, but it's just the way that Jordan Peele brings certain things to light, you know, early on and throughout the movie, it gets progressively more amped up, uh, when you find out exactly, uh, why he's there. So, you know, they get to the house, they do the weird introduction. It's very cringy and very hard to, you know, just awful interactions. And, and it's very just, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's it's bad and it's awkward and, and nobody wants to do that part. Um, the more you, the less, how are we going to say this? The more, the harder you try to make it not awkward, the more awkward you make it. There we go. We got through that one. Um, but while they're, you know, while Chris and the dad are talking and, and getting shown around and everything, he meets the maid. And this is the first sign that that you're aware that something is off, right? So you're not quite sure exactly what's going to happen here. And uh, Chris doesn't really know either, but something's off here. Like she's kind of like spacey and she, you know, she's very smiley and there's something, you know, just just off. And then shortly after they, they see that there's a groundskeeper outside, a caretaker and another black guy. Um and he's like, I know what you're thinking, you know, white family, black servants. And he even says servants, which is a weird uh, term to use in that, that, uh, at that time of the movie. Anyway, um, you know, and he, he tries to defend it and everything, but you know, still you can, you can kind of see that something's going on here. And then um, we move into the part where Chris is sitting at the table. He's nervous cause he's a smoker, but he's not allowed to smoke because they're not a fan of that. Um, and it's brought to light that uh, Rose's mother is a hypnotist and she can help him quit smoking. Um, there's an incident with the maid that again is brought to light that something is going on here. Uh, it's just not right. Like she almost kind of gets stuck in this trance and the mom suggests that maybe she go, you know, go, go take a rest. And Georgina, who's the maid, says, OK. But Chris notices this is something else that he notices again that like, OK, now there's a weird interaction between these two. It's not just that one time. Um, now. We're on to dinner now. Uh, obviously, Chris shot down the idea of being hypnotized and, and with the smoking and all that stuff. Um, so the movie's moving along here. Uh, you meet the brother. He sucks. He's, he's being a little aggressive. Um, and it's cool having seen this movie um, multiple times that when you watch the family's interaction with Jeremy and how he's pressing Chris about his physique and wanting to wrestle him and everything, like it's, it's very weird, right? It's a you don't talk about that stuff the first time you meet somebody. You just don't. Um, but knowing how the movie ends and, and where it's heading, um, you, you can kind of see how the family's concerned that maybe he's going to overplay the hand, right? That, that he's going to reveal their, their true intentions with him. Um, and dad tries to stop it. Uh, Chris kind of downplays it and whatever. And, um, you know, Jeremy just keeps pushing. That's the dickhead brother's name. And, um, he just keeps pushing, pushing. Eventually mom steps in and says, sorry, that's enough. Um, and that's, that's Chris's first impression of this family. Like I would be not exactly having the best time here. Uh, and I'm fairly certain that he makes that clear to his buddy Rod, who is played by Laurel Howery. We mentioned earlier, he's very, very funny. Who actually warned him, uh, pardon me, I did have to burp there. Um, relieve myself of my gas from my beer which we're going to get into the mad off here in a second. So I take a couple more sips of this Oktoberfest and then we'll get moving on the big boy. Um, <laughs> Rod, who's played by, uh, played by little Ro Howard, 
mentions like, don't go up to the white people house. Don't do that. Because they turn people into sex slaves. I've seen it all over the TV. And he says, okay, goodbye. Like hangs up on him, you know, like it's uh, some kind of like empty fucking, I don't know, conspiracy bullshit. Uh, but, you know, let's see how the movie goes and we'll see who the crazy one is. Um, so he has a hard time sleeping that night. And uh, I mean, I've slept in weird houses. I think it's hard for anybody to sleep in someone else's house. But he's thinking about the deer uh, that they hit on the way up and how they just kind of left it on the side of the road to die, which you find out later in the movie. That's how his mom uh, died. She was hit by a car or something and just left to die outside in the cold. And that was it. So he, he heads outside to, you know, grab a cigarette, kind of clear his head, try to, you know, calm down or whatever. Um, and the creepy, creepy atmosphere is like setting in. It's like a big house. It's very quiet. Dark lighting's good. Um and there's, you know, movement in the background, great music, you know, all that stuff's happening. He gets outside and he notices that the caretaker is like sprinting at him, just full blown sprinting right at him. Like he's a fucking like Ray Lewis from the Ravens trying to tackle this motherfucker, you know, um, and then turns at the last second. And, you know, he turns around, notices the maid is up there and she, she's like staring at herself in uh the window and, and it's just weird like he's again he's he's noticing all this stuff so it's kind of odd and but i don't know this is when i'm starting to think of and you wonder if he's starting to think of what rod said about the uh you know the white people houses thing so anyway chris comes back inside and he's confronted by rose's mom and this is where the movie uh things happen you slowly start to figure out um her method of hypnosis right and it's it's the spoon hitting that coffee cup the teacup whatever it is <clears throat> and she kind of lulls you into a trap like it, it's not to dangle the fucking clock in front of you and get you to relax count from 10 she just kind of gets you to slowly lower your defenses and once she realizes she has you uh, that's when she says you know now sink or whatever i think that's what she said um and that's it now she's in your fucking head now she has control over you via that 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 hypnotic process which is insane um and chris has fallen and you know kind of stuck inside of himself wakes up in a panic though you know um was it a dream was it a dream that she told him that he was in the sunken place you don't know you don't know maybe it was just a bad dream because of the way they set everything up so uh with that we're going to take a little break here and get this next beer going trogues mad elf Nice, tasty Belgian. A little sweet, winter warmer kind of um, profile. I mean, it's just a solid beer. You know, these. this is definitely one of those ones that, you know, if you haven't had it and you're a little unsure, pull the trigger, just buy one. You know, uh, buy a six-pack next year. And uh, if you don't like it, hand it out as a gift to your fucking relatives. I don't know. <laughs> Take it to your in-laws and accidentally leave it in the fridge. Um that's how you get rid of stuff. So we're into the next, um, you know, next day now. Chris wakes up. He's a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of unsure of what happened the night before. Um, he keeps noticing that his phone is unplugged, though, right? Like it's, he's not sure if he forgot to do it, but it, it keeps coming up in the movie that it's it's unplugged. So you're starting to, you know, really feel bad for Chris here. You're starting to see what's happening. 
he's outside trying to take some pictures of, you know, he's a photographer. Um, he's trying to take some pictures of whatever caretaker comes up and, and tries talking to him. And it's a very weird interaction. And Chris is trying to be cool and regular. And, you know, you could just tell that, that the caretaker's just, again, he's off. Um, you know, something bad is going to happen to him at this point. And, and he doesn't. <laughs> so you're just waiting for it to happen. This is what I was talking about. Like the, the nod to the, the, the old school horror movies, you know, where it's that sense of dread setting in, uh, where you, you know, something bad's going to happen to the character and you're screaming like, Hey man, now would be a good time to get the fuck out of there. Or like, don't go in that door. It's that feeling that's setting in for the viewer for Chris. And, um, but he brings to light with Rose that he thinks that he was hypnotized. Um, but it's a little too late. You know, the party's happening. Uh, he was made aware the night before that there was a party. And if you still want to go through with it, blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, of course. So the party guests start arrive, uh, arriving and they start introducing themselves to Chris and all this stuff. And of course, more weird interactions. Um, first thing, um, old white dude says to Chris, like, you know, have, have you ever played golf? He said, yeah, I mean, not really. He's like, my favorite one is Tiger Woods. You know, so there's like the black thing. And he said, let me see your swing. So he's being like eyed up, you know, kind of like, and and shortly after that, you know, there's another guy that walks up to him and says, well, black is in fashion again. And, you know, you just, it, these people are so like blatantly racist to him. And he's just, taking it on a chin, you know, and everything's, it is what it is. But this whole movie feels like when your dad or uncle meets one of like your, your colored friends, you know, like <laughs> maybe if I just name drop like a black athlete or an artist or a politician, they'll think I'm not racist and pretty cool. Um, just, just, just treat people the way you want to be treated, man. Just, just be an adult, you know, just be nice, be respectful. That's all you got to be. Um, but imagine if the tables were turned, right? So imagine, you know, me as a white man, if I, if I had been introduced to like a black dad and he's like, man, you know what? I always did like, don't stop believing by journey. And that Martha Stewart, she really knows how to cook. Um, it, it feels <laughs> anytime they say something about like Obama or you know, Tyra Woods or something like that. Um, it, it's that same sentiment of just like, okay, just, just stop talking to me. But, you know, peel nails, you know, these, these interactions, because I'm sure he, like many others, have lived this reality more times uh, than, than they care to admit. But, um, you know, the, the introductions keep coming, uh, more and more racist comments and, and just awkward interactions and all this stuff. But finally, he finds uh, another black man at the party. and He's like, oh, dude, thank you. And it's the guy from the beginning of the movie. His name is Logan, uh, but he's really Dre, which you find out later. And something's off with this guy now. So it's like every black person that he's met up here, there's something very, very weird uh, going on with them. And he has a significantly older, um, you know, significant other, like by 20 or 30 years. Uh, he's just like a young dude in his 20s or 30s, maybe. And she's got to be in her 60s, you know. So he tries to like fist bump to get out of there. And, and the guy like shakes his hand. So it's something's just off here. Uh, and I know we keep saying that, but but that's kind of the, the the premise of the movie is that something is just continuously off, and and they keep dropping these clues, and and you know Chris is just still there. He just keeps heading down this trail. So he furthers himself from the party. Chris does, and um, ends up bumping into a famous art dealer. They talk for a while, and 
you know, he's excited to meet him and everything and, and all that stuff. And, uh, the art dealer reveals that, that he's a big fan of Chris's. He likes his eye and all that other stuff. Um, you know, after they talk, it's time for, for Chris to go up and get, get some, you know, space from everybody. And as he goes upstairs, uh, all the attendees are still down in the, in the main, on the main floor and they stop what they're doing and they just listen. And now you're really worried, right? Like something he's in danger, right? Uh, and he comes up and he sees that his phone is unplugged again. So this is like the second or third time it's happened. Someone is blatantly trying to kill his battery so he can't call. He talks to Ron on the phone, gives him a little update of what's going on and everything. Talking about this conspiracy um, from, you know, saying that all the black folks are, are hypnotized by the mom. And uh, but before he can keep talking, the maid interrupts the conversation. And Chris doesn't ask why, but the maid gives an explanation and says, I must have accidentally dropped it. It seemed very scripted, right? So now he's even more suspicious of what's going on. He goes back out. Um, he's introduced to yet even more people and, and people are staring at him and, you know, what's it like to be a black man in modern society? And, and it's just all these awful just interactions that he just keeps having. And you feel so bad for him. Uh, but he runs into Logan again. And now he wants proof so he can send to Rod later. So he gets his phone out and he starts, you know, he asks Logan, he said, maybe you can explain what it's like to be, you know, a black man in modern society. More bullshit spews from Logan's mouth. And uh, like I said, Chris tries to get some, um, tries to get some proof uh, and forgets to turn his flash off. Uh, and it goes off. And that moment right there would be enough reason for me to leave. Because if I accidentally, if I was trying to secretly take a picture of somebody and that's probably the scariest part of the movie, <laughs> that anxiety and embarrassment and just awful feeling of taking a picture of somebody secretly, but your flash going off and then everybody being aware that you were now secretly trying to record somebody like that's horrifying. That is just, Oh God, that's, that's, that's anxiety, you know, times a thousand right there. Um, but it triggers something in Logan and you know, he just sits there and got a thousand yard stare in his eye and blood starts pouring out of his nose and he screams and charges at Chris and says, get out, get out, get out. And at first you're like, wow, man, like this really set him off. Like he's mad. It's a warning. He's, he's not mad. It's a warning. So you're still not sure exactly what happened. They try to downplay it as a seizure and all this stuff. And, um, Chris doesn't buy it. You know, Logan apologizes and he says, I, you know, I must retire and all this other stuff. And so Chris is pretty much done. He talks to Rose, they go on a little walk and, uh, he says, I think we need to get out of here. He's like, I don't, there's, there's something weird going on. I just want to go like right now. Uh, and while they're on their little walk, the silent auction begins, to possess Chris's body. Now, Rose is obviously not a fan at first of trying to, you know, leave um, because, well, you find out that later on she she may or may not have a hand in on what's going on. Um, but after the auction is over, you find out that the blind art dealer is the winner. Imagine going somewhere and 
you're meeting a family, you're meeting a group of people for the first time, you're at some kind of seminar and all this other stuff, and you're literally just a piece of meat to them. They don't give two shits about your personality, your family, your life, your anything. You're just a piece of meat to them. All they want to do is take over your body and live life through your body with your gifts, whatever they may be. Um, you are literally just a piece of meat to them. And I mean, that, that speaks volumes. I mean, you can read into that as much as you want. I'm not going to do that, uh, anymore, but just that on the surface is, is plenty scary enough for me. Um, and it's so fucking dark, like just, and, and they're so chipper and happy and, you know, and just to know that they're going to take this young guy's life and they've already done it three times, at least three times that you've seen, you know, before that. But, you know, you come to find out that it's actually happened a lot more. Man, that mad off. Whew, she's warm. Sorry about the little sniffle there. We're still battling this stupid thing, whatever it is. So. The art dealer wins. Chris is starting to panic. He, uh, you know, he, he starts packing and everything and, and, and getting ready to, you know, get out of there. Rose is stalling a little bit. And there's a, there's a door in the room that they're staying in. It's like a jar. It's not a jar that you would put stuff in. It's a jar. Like the door is a jar, just in case you're wondering, cause I know that kind of came out weird. Um, it is open a little bit and uh, Chris gets a little snoopy and he goes in, he takes a look and he sees the previous victims that Rose had lured up here. And uh, he doesn't say anything right away, but he's starting to kind of, you know, he just wants to get out of here at this point. He feels like if he brings it up, you know, it's probably going to be worse for him. So let's just get out of here. And that's that goes downstairs. Uh, the family's not really keen on him doing that, though. They're pretty much getting getting in his way, preventing him from leaving. He doesn't have the keys. He keeps asking Rose, where are the keys? Where are the keys? Where are the keys? Dad starts going on this rant. Chris loses his cool. Game over. He's in trouble. Chris attacks Jeremy uh, in his desperation, but Mom taps the, t- the side of the teacup, um, and that's it. Chris is in the sunken place, and he has to watch helplessly as he's, so he's essentially paralyzing he's to watch you know as a passenger in his own you know vehicle but uh that's it right not quite rose reveals that uh he was one of her uh one of her favorites and in the midst of all this craziness chris was able to get out a picture to rod right of and they actually talked for a minute um also I didn't, um, yep, okay, I missed that part. He knows him. Rod knows Logan, who is, his real name is Dre. Notices one of the pictures has Rose in it, right? So then he starts his TSA investigation. And this part is fucking fantastic. Um, not so much for Chris, but uh, Chris wakes up, he's strapped to a chair in front of a TV, and he's shown a video uh, with some insight of, of what's going to happen to him. And, you know, it, uh, the art dealer comes on and explains what's going to happen. And, and there keeps, you know, they keep doing the, there's a video uh, on like repeat of the, the tea cup. And so it, it keeps knocking him out. So he'll wake up and then he gets knocked back out for a while. Chris does. Rod does some investigation. 
uh, he goes to the cops. This part's actually really funny. Um, he goes to the officer with his half crack theory about white family kidnapping black folks and turning them into sex slaves. And, you know, this sounds pretty crazy. Uh, so the officer is kind of having a hard time. I don't know if she's like the chief or whatever. She's a, a detective or what, what exactly she is. So she brings in some other, other officers and makes Rod do the entire thing. And he's very passionate about this pitch. Uh, and they all just laugh their asses off at him <laughs> and he leaves. So Rod keeps calling and calling and calling and Rose, you know, answers. And this is when he's starting to really get suspicious of, of something bad has happened to Chris. Um, I said that this family does not make us white people look good at all. And that's very true. I mean, we're, we're pretty good at making ourselves look bad in general. Uh, but this, this movie does not, does not help our, our cause here at all. Um, so the surgery is getting prepped, right? Uh, and essentially what's going to happen is, uh, the mind and personality of the art dealer is going to be put into, uh, Chris's body. And Chris will still be there, but he won't be able to do anything. And that's the hypnosis part. So he'll just be under. Um, and the dad is like some kind of crazy neurologist, surgeon or something that they have this innovative way to do something like that, which is pretty insane, honestly. But um, we're getting close to the end here. And I love it. Not that we're at the end, but the, the ending just really, really ties together so well. Um and I thought they did a, you know, Jordan Peele did a fantastic job of, uh, you know, just kind of, just kind of driving everything home and giving you everything you wanted. Um, Jeremy comes in to prep Chris. Uh, and there's a tiny scene that if you hadn't picked up on it earlier, where Chris is kind of fidgeting with the chair and he starts pulling cotton out of the chair and he gets it just enough that he can stuff his ears with it. So now when the hip, the hypnotic sign, you know, or the sound comes on to put him back into a state, he won't hear it to trigger it. So Jeremy preps Chris, unstraps him, all this stuff. Chris gives up, bashes him in the back of the fucking head with a pool ball or something. And uh, now we're coming to the part. Chris isn't having a good time. Things aren't really going well for him. But now the tables have turned. He's got a deer head. He fucking runs right into the fucking dad. Antlers first, rams him into the door with a mounted fucking trophy of a buck and leaves him for dead. And of course, that's our... Um, Death by fucking deer head, man. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, so super cool. Chris is like on full blown like Rambo mode, getting the fuck out of here. Like you know, anything in his path at this point is just gonna meet his wrath. Uh, he's pissed. He's 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 in survival mode. Um, runs into mom, ends up stabbing her in the fucking face <laughs> after he gets stabbed by her. But uh, now this is the part that I mentioned earlier that I wish I could have seen um, more of. Uh, Jeremy's still alive. They get in a little tussle. And uh, Chris makes pretty quick work of him uh, and then just stomps his fucking face in in the dining room. And I wish they would have shown that. It kind of happens off camera. Um, but just because he was my least favorite character and I wish I could have seen him die. Um, now, all this is going on. <laughs> all of this is going on, right? Everybody's fighting and, and screaming and all, bodies thudding and all this stuff. And Rose is just like, you know, searching for her next victim, looking up like NCAA prospects and blah, blah, blah. You know, going after like the young collegiate black male, you know, who's bound to be successful and all this other stuff. That's her next victim. Um, and she's eating Fruit Loops like dry and then drinking her milk through a straw. 
uh, which is really fucking weird. But she didn't hear any of this going on, right? She's got like earbuds in and, and just listening to whatever shitty music she was listening to. Chris gets out, hits a man with a car outside, like in the driveway. That, that is what Rose hears. <laughs> she doesn't hear anything else. But uh, Chris hits the maid on the way out. Um, and you find out that that's actually their grandma. And grandpa is the caretaker. So they have put their, their old loved ones into uh, two poor black folks that just got scooped up. And now they're just, you know, grandma and grandpa get to live with, with the rest of the kids and stuff. And it's, it's really fucking creepy. I wonder how that works. Like how old, if you were to do that, like how old are grandma and grandpa? Like how long do they get to stick around? Can you just keep doing that for eternity? Uh, or, or do you eventually die? I don't know. That's just, I, I literally just thought of that. Um, he feels bad about leaving Georgina in the fucking driveway. Uh, grandma's not very happy. She makes him wreck the car after he scoops her up and helps her. Uh, she, <laughs> she goes nuts, but the wreck ends up, you know, finishing her off. Uh, knocks Chris out of also for a moment. There's some gunshots. Rose is out now. She has a gun. Uh, grandpa goes and tackles them and they start, you know, fighting and wrestling and all this stuff. Chris flashes him like he did to Logan slash Dre earlier. Grandpa comes back to his senses for a minute. He says, I want to do it. Takes the gun off Rose, fucking shoots him, uh, shoots her, and then um, shoots himself right in the fucking head. Holy shit. So in the matter of like 15 minutes, you know, you watch this movie for two hours uh, and then like the 15 minutes, the entire cast that you've pretty much been introduced to is dead, right? Everybody's gone um, in an insane way. And you, you, you're not quite out of the woods yet, right? Like, like Chris is, you know, he's not, he doesn't have a way out of there. Rose is still alive and um, he tries killing her, but he can't. And as he has his like hands around her neck, uh, the cops show up. You're like, fuck, man, this is this is not great. Except it's not the cops. It's Rod, and he leaves that bitch in the fucking middle of the road for dead. Uh, he saves the day. On the way home, he says, I told you not to go to white people's houses for the weekend. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end. That's get out. Um, so I know that we talked a, a lot about, like, kind of the similar thing because, you know, there's just so much dread in the movie, and there's so many signals, you know, that are, that are just alarming for Chris. And, um, you know, you you want him to get out, well, no pun intended, but, you know, he just keeps going and he just keeps going and he falls right into the trap, but, you know, he makes it out alive. And, I mean, everything happened that you wanted to happen, right? Uh, Chris lived. He got his revenge. Uh, those people will never do that again. And and that's it, baby. That's Get Out. So next week, uh, we're going to try to do Fresh. We did change it up on you guys. I know we said that we were going to do My Bloody Valentine, but uh, that feels a little too cliche for Valentine's Day. So we're going to do a romantic uh, horror film. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, I really enjoyed this. It's on Hulu right now. If you haven't watched it, feel free to check it out. Um, It has my favorite mid-century modern home probably that I've ever seen. Uh, it's so cool. I want that kitchen so fucking badly. It's, it's just awesome. Um, but we're going to watch that. Um, and I'm going to see if my wife can actually sneak on that one for a little bit. And, uh, if I can convince her to watch it, uh, it's not scary, but, uh, there, there are some scenes in there that are a little uncomfortable, uh, more on the gory side and just like the mental aspect of what actually goes on in that movie. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty dark. Um, a Hannibal Lecter esque, 
if you uh, catch my vibe on that one. Uh, after that, we're doing Mandy. Yes, the 2018 psychological, psychedelic, fucking crazy Nick Cage at his most Nick Cage. Uh, fucking batshit crazy of a movie. We're going to do that. And it is definitely one of my favorites. I love everything about it. Um, yeah, that's it. And then we're ending the uh, end of the month with His House uh, on Netflix. And we are going to have two special guests, I believe, for that one. And we have something, uh, some fun stuff cooked up for that episode in particular. Uh, we're still kind of hashing out the details of, um, you know, when we're going to record that and, and, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, we're going to do some blind taste test of some things. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Um, but yeah, again, thank you guys. I know there's a little one uh, on the longer side here. Um, yeah, trying to get in my, uh, back in my rhythm after that fucking sickness because that knocked me on my ass for a little bit. Uh, but we're done. Today's episode is over. You can go about your weekend and hopefully have a great one. And we will see you next week for fresh. Cheers. <laughs>